This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. (laughs) His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? Thanks so much, Darlene. It is Catch and Shoot 2.0, and we have a jam-packed show for you guys today as we are excited to finally, finally talk a little bit of basketball. The WNBA is holding their draft on Friday, so we're going to welcome on the Athletics' Hannah Withiam to talk about that. Also talk about the impact that Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu is expected to have in the league. Will she go number one to the New York Liberty? Those are all questions that we will ask her. But before we get too far into that, I want to go ahead and welcome in my cohort. His name is Otto Strong. Not only is he the sports editor, but he is also the education editor for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And so, Otto, I have to ask you this. How do you plan to school us today? (laughs) Well, uh, I'll start by telling you uh, which districts are getting uh, additional computer equipment in the Fort Worth Worth, uh, area. How's that? (laughs) Which ones are getting tablets? Which ones are getting cell phones? Which ones are getting all the Zoom accounts that we all need today? Well, I mean, look, you know, know, school was uh, was basically closed until May 4th. And now they're deciding, discussing whether, you know, when to reopen school. And, uh, you know, this is an area where uh, I don't know about where you are. But this is an area where graduation was going to be at the end of May. So there's not a whole lot of the wind. The window was getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had my graduation in May and they do graduations in Florida in May as well. So those are rapidly coming. But Otto, you know, we actually got some basketball news. And, you know, the NBA is always one for personality driven content, but also skill driven content. And earlier this week, we learned about a reported strife, not only between Rudy Gobert, but also Donovan Mitchell. And everyone remembers, uh, Kind of the way this whole pandemic, I think, hit reality, especially here in America, fast and furious. And it happened with the NBA really being kind of a champion for the sports leagues. You know, and the second that Rudy Gobert tested positive, everything shut down. Uh, There were some comments by Donovan Mitchell later on saying, you know, that he was a little angry. Gobert went public the other day, kind of expressing the way that their relationship has unfolded since. But what were your thoughts on this? Well, look, it, it, we we saw the we all saw the tape of of, of Rudy touching all the mics and, and not not having taken all that seriously, and that's gonna that's gonna linger no matter no matter what happens, uh, simply because of how all of this has played out. And and I think to most people, it's it's uh, it's become much worse than anybody could have possibly imagined. Uh, so th- so so there's that. But uh, and there are also so many unknown questions about about long term effects. Um, from people who have it and recover. There was a story just the other day that there may be some lasting effects even for people who've recovered. So those are all kind of concerns. But look, you know, as as players, as men, they'll, um, 
you know, the, the two of them are fine. They are, they appear to be okay. And, and I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. But, uh, uh, I, I, I do wonder, you know, it, depending on how things play out in this country over the next, uh, couple of weeks and months, you know, you may get a different reaction. You may see some people take a different take, um, than, than or different stance than they have right now. You know, Otto, I completely agree with you. The, the the strife that they're having between one another is no different than you would have with your coworker who you're around every day who might not be taking either a work task as seriously as you would like or is making fun of things in the office. You know, those things come up. They happen, and they happen in a day-to-day lifespan. What, what I do wonder is how – maybe not telling or important was it that we had an NBA player – who essentially didn't take it seriously, then test positive, and then kind of change the narrative for the league, right? Like, you, you know, you go back a month, mm-hmm. month and a half, when was this, March 12th, that it actually occurred, and people were still skeptical about it. And people didn't, I think, fully understand the impact that this virus can have. And, you, you know, for Gobert, who initially was kind of nonchalant and very jokingly joyful about it, for him to test positive, that was the second that reality hit, right? And the NBA had this opportunity to change the narrative on the way people perceive this. And I thought the league did a tremendous job of doing that. They, they absolutely did. They owned, they owned it. And, and, you know, within seemingly, you know, 24 hours, 36 hours, we saw you know, the conference tournaments canceled. We saw the NCAA uh, uh, tournament tournament canceled. We've seen Major League Baseball and, and so many other uh, leagues kind of kind of fall in line. So the, so the NBA definitely, as we've said in the past, kudos kudos to them. But to your point, where um, it, it it became real when dot dot dot. So for folks in in the music community community, uh, famous legendary you know songwriter John Prine uh, unfortunately passed away. Uh, there are others, you know, elected officials who may not have passed, but certainly people who who have who have um, got it or, or caught it, if you will. Um, people in in the media, depending on what, you know, it doesn't really matter what you, station you listen to. Almost seems like everyone knows somebody or knows of somebody who um, has is dealing with this. Um, uh, so yeah, it it it, it definitely is, it's interesting to see how it becomes real for folks when it strikes a member of their uh, community. Absolutely. You know, the biggest thing that that we've trumpeted on this show and that we've brought to light is, you know, we've talked about this, whether it's off air or on air, you know, we're fighting pretty much an invisible enemy that we can't see and that other people can't see. And so it takes kind of these aha moments for it to finally kick in for people. And that was certainly one of them. And that was it for the NBA. You know, we got another one. You know, the NBA world was touched again by the coronavirus pandemic when not only the Wolves, but also Carl Anthony Towns announced the passing of his mother, Jacqueline Cruz Towns, who had been dealing with this since mid-March. And it was just another sense, Otto, that the NBA, while it's using its platform to kind of spread this, you feel so badly because it does take a moment for us to realize something like this can happen to people that we know. Yeah, yeah, and my condolences to to Carl's family and 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 the the greater you know Minnesota family that that she was a part of, uh, and and she was she was amazing. She was really you know, there for him every step of the way. You know, I remember I remember seeing the press conference when he decided he was going to go to Kentucky, and and just throughout the throughout the years, she's been a mainstay. Um, you know, f- for him and and for other players in the community, so it's it's a real uh, a real tragedy to see to see something like this happen to to such a good to such a good family. 
Absolutely. And all of us here at Pure Hoops Media and the Catch and Shoot 2.0 podcast and our condolences to the town's family as well. Uh, but with that said, let's go ahead and continue talking about some basketball as we welcome in Hannah Withiam of The Athletic. And now it is my pleasure to welcome in Hannah Withiam of The Athletic. Not only is she the staff editor, but she oversees all the coverage for the WNBA and the WNBA will uh, be conducting their draft by virtual this this year. So it'll be very interesting. Hannah, first off, thank you so much for taking the time and joining Otto and I. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Anytime. So with the draft occurring this Friday, obviously, you know, the WNBA is going to be able to kind of set the precedent for other leagues moving forward. Are, are they feeling pressure? Are they excited about this? Because certainly the way that I look at it, they have an opportunity to not only kind of grab everyone's attention with being the first professional sports league to conduct a draft virtually, but also a chance to really set the precedent moving forward for the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. There's more feeling of excitement. Um, you'll definitely be missing the pop and circumstance of having the draft in New York City. It's a really exciting event where the players dress up and get red carpet treatment, um, photo shoots and and TV interviews on the red carpet before the actual draft. But I think with the sports vacuum we're experiencing now, they have a real opportunity to to appeal to a larger audience than they normally would on on ESPN and and other broadcasts in Canada are, are will be airing it too. So, so let, let's talk about that for a second with regard to players, um, um, you know, not having that moment. Uh, what are you hearing with regard to where players may be, and have you heard anything interesting about uh, where a player might decide to uh, be holed up during this time? I think, as far as I've heard, most of them will just be at their homes, whether that's with their parents, uh, most of them with their parents because they're um, still in college or maybe they're in their apartments at their college campuses since they're doing classes virtually. Um, I know the, the league had considered putting cameras in some of the top prospects' homes. I'm not sure how that will work exactly, um, whether that's an actual camera in the home or a Zoom call and they get them on the broadcast. But I think that's, a, that's the plan um, to try to get some reactions live. So, so um, obviously everybody wants to know where is Sabrina and ask you going to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be home and, and uh, uh, or, 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 or somewhere else. So what do you, what do you think there? I think she'll be, she'll be at home. She was, uh, there was a video um, a couple of weeks ago when she won the Naismith award and Kelly Graves, her Oregon coaches with her and got the call from, an AP reporter um, and handed her the phone. Uh, I think it might be something similar to that. I'm not sure if she'll be with her coach or with her family, but I, if they're going to get going to get anyone on the broadcast, it will be her. You know, Hannah, one thing I keep going back to is this is an opportunity for the WNBA to really accentuate itself, you know, with the, not only the anticipation, but I think the excitement from just every sports fan who's looking forward to something to either watch on TV that's not horse or that's an old basketball game. <laughs> but as the WNBA talked about anything, you've mentioned, you know, putting cameras in prospects' homes or maybe coaches' homes. But is there anything else that they're doing that might stand out, whether it's, you know, the New York Liberties draft room and kind of what they're going to do? Is there anything else that they've thought of that might just be a creative idea? So what we're hearing is they're, they're not really revealing everything right now, but what we've heard is um, they'll, I don't know if they're going to be showing the war, the war rooms per se. Um, I think a lot of those personnel, the GM and other front office 
people will be in, at their individual homes, so their war rooms will be via Zoom. Um, and I think the, the teams themselves are developing some sort of programming that ESPN will air pre- and post-draft to try to get a feel for how the teams are operating under these circumstances. So um, just, let's talk about Sabrina for a second. So um, leads all college players in, in triple doubles. Um, obviously, for, for those who don't know, 2,000 points for her career, 1,000 rebounds, 1,000 uh, assists. So mm-hmm. how good can she be in, in the WNBA? How do you think she'll perform? She has definitely has all the potential to be the next next big thing and get be up there with the likes of you know, Subert and Diana Taurasi, who are on the back ends of their career now. Um, I think especially in New York, New York really needs a player like her. Liberty have been struggling for a few years now. They've been near the bottom of the standings the past two years. They have a chance to really turn the tide with a new coach um, and with her coming in and as well as the first round pick in the first um, pick in the second round. So they can bring in some young talent and retool this roster and especially playing at Barclays Center where just a lot of excitement around the team. I was going to say, Hannah, that, that's another interesting point. You know, the Liberty literally just, uh, I think it was either today or yesterday, announced a rebrand with a new logo and everything in conjunction mm-hmm. with their move to Brooklyn with the number one pick, who presumably is going to be Sabrina Ionescu. How big of a missed opportunity is this for the WNBA that, you know, you have this transitional talent and what is perceived to go to the nation's biggest market. And everybody knows that basketball is better when it's in New York city and when the New York city teams are doing well, but how big of a missed opportunity is this for the draft to have to be conducted virtually like this, or is the league looking at it on the opposite spectrum that this is a chance to grab eyes that they didn't get before? I think you can't help, but, but feel they're missing out on a little bit of an opportunity with the draft taking place in New York, where, where she would be, going where her new home would be um the draft is a really exciting event you have college coaches there the players family members um you know it's in this big room in nike headquarters and everyone's dressed up and it's really fun for the players because they don't they don't get these opportunities a lot like like some of their male counterparts so there's a bit of a missed opportunity there but i think the WNBA is trying to be optimistic this is their chance to to make a make a statement on the national stage, international stage, and um, be the first to do it this way. Uh, I want to ask you a quick, so I'm the uh, sports editor of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and, and so I'm going to throw a, a Homer question in here if, if, it's, if it's okay. Um, <laughs> of course. So we, we, so we had a story today uh, about the Dallas Wings having four uh, of the top nine picks, um, and so including the second overall. So what do you think the, the, the prognosis would be for, for Wings fans out there? Um, I mean, with so many picks so, so high up, how, how, do you, how do you think they'll, they'll come away? I would, with four picks in the top um, nine, I would be surprised if they didn't package a couple of those, one of those or two of those in a trade, just because with only 12 spots on WMA rosters and particularly this year with the new CBA, the salaries for top players have gone up, which has actually made it. So some teams might only be able to carry 11 players based on the salary cap and where they fit into that. So I think it's just too many, they have too many picks almost. They wouldn't, unless they want a really competitive training camp, which they'll have either way. I think they'll look to probably package those to maybe bring in another veteran. So or in terms of, a later year. 
Okay. So in, in terms of the second overall pick, do you think that they go for uh, Sabrina's teammate, uh, uh, Satu Sabali? Did I get it? Was it close? I think it's a real toss-up with Satu Sabali and Lauren Cox just because okay. Cox has not only, not only is she a proven player, national champion, but she has that being from Texas, the connection with yes. the Wings. Um, and I think that'd be a big draw for them from Texas, played at Baylor. But Sadius Valley is a prospect that I th- a lot of people are saying has a higher ceiling. So mm. I think that's that's going to be the biggest question going into Friday. Hannah, you know, Hannah, there's there's those two players that everybody talks about, obviously. But is there anyone else in the draft that people are kind of looking at that might be sleepers, or that anyone further down on the big board, you know, that might go in the late first round that people need to be talking about or need to be aware of? I'd say we have two players um, coming from Carolina, from South Carolina who might not have gotten as much press this year with the the five freshmen that they had and the most incredible freshman class we've seen in a while in women's college basketball. But um, Herbert Harrigan and Taisha Harris are two players who really not only showed how strong they can be on the court, but they were leaders for that team this year and led the led South Carolina to that 32-1 and one record and potentially would have been national champions if the tournament hadn't been canceled. Don Staley sure likes to she likes to put that out there. Um, so I think those are two players who would be immediate contributors on whichever team they land on. Um, so moving off of the draft a little bit, um, obviously the passing of Kobe Bryant and, and all that he meant for um, for young women aspiring to uh, become great, obviously not just his daughter, but 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 a whole uh, host of other players. So Hannah, Kobe has been a great advocate of the WNBA and women's basketball in general. Uh, what do you think the impact will be of, of his loss? Yeah, yeah. It, the emotions are definitely still palpable. Um, I was at that the UConn Team USA exhibition game the night after the accident, mm. um, and it, a lot of the players were were very emotional after the game, as you can imagine, just because they not only knew him, but Gianna's dream was to play at UConn, and so yep. she had gotten really close with Gino Ariema and a lot of those players. Um, so when you had a mix of UConn alum playing for Team USA and the current UConn players, um, they really came together during that game. And mm-hmm. I think that hasn't, that'll still be, still be clear when the season resumes, whenever that is. But I think he left a mark on, on the game that I think a lot of NBA players and male athletes will look up to and, and feel inspired by. And I, my hope is that they take after Kobe and, and connecting more with the women's players and being advocates for them. Yeah. To, to follow up on that, are there any uh, players that you, I mean, obviously LeBron is always the, is the obvious, but are there others that you have seen that have kind of uh, looked to, to kind of take, take the mantle there and, and try to, to, to raise their profile as far as WNBA uh, is concerned? We've seen some, some fun connections with the, the local teams. So like the, I remember during the playoffs last year when the Washington Mystics were making their run, the Wizards um, were pretty involved. They were showing up at their games and um, did some interviews together on ESPN pregame and at halftime of some of those broadcasts. So I think those connections are, can go a long way. And we've seen it grow a little bit in the past year, um, but hope to see more of it. So, you know, Hannah, you, you kind of mentioned the, the turn of phrase that I think we're all sitting around just kind of wondering 
uh, you, you know, when the league was going to return, when sports is going to return. And, you know, one thing I look at, the WNBA finally announced that they're going to have to postpone the start of their season. Do you have any insight into what they're thinking when they might return? And then, you know, I saw a piece where, where you wrote where you mentioned that, you know, with the Olympics not occurring this year, that it might actually work in the WNBA's favor with everything that they're going to have to compete with once all these sports leagues do start once again. Exactly. So they um, they had planned the season with a full month break in the middle for to for the Olympics, since a lot of their top players were would be playing for the national team over in Tokyo. So that gives them a little bit of a cushion if, you know, the season being starting later. Um, of course, it's still so unclear when that might be based on when other sports leagues will start up as well. And, and all of that is up in the air. Um, but I think what the WNBA has in its favor is it wasn't supposed to start yet. And they have, a, they have some flexibility to work in some of those games that they won't get on the front end. Hannah, um, so I'm I'm a, a someone of a certain age who who saw a uh, first season of, of WNBA action, um, and uh, and over the years uh, I've been in markets of uh, uh, Phoenix and New York and and Connecticut, and I've, obviously the the fan base is a little bit different in that you oftentimes would have uh, girls and sometimes camps, and and so what I'm wondering is as you know we've we've heard sports leagues talk about playing without fans, and what do you feel like that would be the, the either the impact on the fans or the impact on the players um, with a, with a model like that? Should that be something that has to be adopted? I think it would be particularly tough for the WNBA just because they really rely on every form of revenue that every stream of revenue they can get, be it ticket sales, partnerships, um, TV deals. So they would take a hit in that way, though I think they would still benefit from playing those games and having them be on TV rather than waiting even longer. Um, there could also be, as, as Commissioner Kathy Engelbert has mentioned, there's an opportunity in kind of teaming up with the NBA, maybe having some double headers on TV where if a fan's tuning in for the M- NBA game, they'll catch half of the WNBA game before and say, hey, this is really good basketball. Maybe I should tune into more of these games. Um, so they're also thinking about that. You know, Hannah, that's that's a good point because there are a lot of WNBA teams that share arenas with NBA teams as well. So with the way that the pecking order would go when the schedules do resume, that would be a good solution to have a doubleheader as well. But also, how, how does this impact the momentum that the league had built from the new CBA that they announced? That's that's the toughest part about all of this, I'd say. They were You could sense that there was something different leading into the season than we felt in years past, um, just with the players and and league coming together and commissioner Kathy Engelbert having her first full season um, since she joined in the middle of last year and hadn't really gotten any momentum. So I think that's the toughest part about this, but the good news is that since that's settled, um, they have that to fall back on and they have, they have more of a cushion now in terms of waiting to, um, to start the season. The players aren't, there was a lot of ill will with the players last year in the league and being outspoken, criticizing certain conditions. And, you know, now they're, they're all, you know, ready to go as one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Hannah, I'm going to get you out of of here on this because I think we're all so excited to, one, see Sabrina in the WNBA and see what she can do. But as she enters the league, you know, if you were to put together a top five, uh, what would be your top five players in the league right now? And, and where would Sabrina lie in maybe that top 25? Ooh, top five. Um, 
got to go with Elena Deladon um, after the season she had last year. I think be interested to see how Brianna Stewart bounces back after her MVP season the year prior and, and sitting out all last year with the Achilles injury, but I don't think you can rule her out. Um, curious to see if Sabrina fits in there, um, especially, you know, playing alongside um, Tina Charles, although we're hearing Tina Charles has not signed the Liberty yet. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, whether they do sign her and have them play alongside each other or maybe include her in a trade. Um, we also like a Diane Taurasi and Subaru both also coming back for what may be their last year, whether they play one more or two more. Um, Subaru has said she'll play in the Olympics next year, so I could see her playing two more. Um, and then you have several super teams forming now with the Mercury, Skylar Ding and Smith, Brittany Griner teaming up, and then Dewana Bonner in Connecticut. Um, so there's a lot of star power to watch whenever the season does start. I was going to say, you know, as you're kind of going through those names, that's the first thing that I thought about. You know, the WNBA is in a good place, and there are a lot of big names for people to follow. And certainly we'll get some more big names on Friday as we look forward to it being broadcast on ESPN starting at 7 o'clock. Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. This was great. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. That was dope. Thanks to Hannah William of The Athletic for joining us. And Otto, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about We've talked a lot about the WNBA on this podcast, and you know we talked about it with Hannah a little bit, but just their ability on Friday night to really have the entire sports world and all eyes that have been just excited to have something new, something exciting on them. You know that's going to be a big moment for the for the WNBA, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, uh, a, a virtual draft, and then we're going to do it again six days later with the uh, with the NFL on uh, on April twenty third. Absolutely. We're getting we're getting ready for this. And, you know, the WNBA gets to set the precedent for these going forward. So hopefully these are the only times that we have to do virtual drafts. But if we're going to have them, why not? Let's do it and let's go all in. You know, one thing that ESPN tried to go all in on the other day, Otto, and I'm not sure if you saw this, but I watched it for about five minutes and then turned it off. And I said, nope, I can't do it. But the horse competition with NBA players, WNBA players, NBA legends, did you get to take any of this in? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the smart one. You were just like, I can't do it. I'm not watching look, that. I, look, I, 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 my last horse, uh, you know, my, I can't remember the last time I played horse, but when you hear horse, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, is, is MJ and Bird, 1993, uh, McDonald's commercial. If, you know, if you don't know, look it up, uh, Google it. It, it, they were awesome set of commercials. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the last time I, I cared about a horse match. <laughs> so here's my question to you. You know, I watched it and I saw Chris Paul miss like three straight shots. And I was like, I can't watch Chris Paul miss three straight shots, especially without a defender in his face. Right? Like that's not basketball. That's not the CP three that we all know, but, but I'm going to pose this question to you. Do you think you could get a letter on any NBA player? Mm. Um, or former NBA player it doesn't have to be a current NBA player. Um, so, so I had this, this shot when there's, so there was a time when, when all of us went to the gym on a regular basis and we saw other people, but when, and when that time occurred back, back when it did occur, what was that life like? Oh, it was, it was, it was glorious. You know, you, you would go in, you'd smell this 
people sweating in the chamber it was actually it's much it was much nicer than they're making it sound right now but but um i had this thing i don't know why or how it worked but i did it twice two times in a row and my son saw me do one of them now unfortunately he was like five at the time so i, I may get a i'm not sure how it'll be remembered in his eyes but i stood at center point or regulation court ball right hand i'm right-handed threw it baseball style swish I was like, I was freaking no out. So I said, Ben, 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 take, 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 check this out, check this. Took it again, ball, hand, done. And then, for, of course, my daughter wasn't there. She came in, and then I couldn't do it again. But, <laughs> but that, so, so if I could, if I could nail that shot, that would be the one overhand center court, no jump, just throw it like a baseball. It, it went in. Twice. That's tough too, because because there's no arc on that, and you're just doing a straight line drive. That's no. difficult. Yeah. Now I, I'll tell you that I missed like the first 50, but, but, uh, then Hey, I got hey it doesn't out. matter. Yeah. You just made that one. So, yeah. so who would you challenge to a game of horse? Again, you don't have to win. You just have to get an H on them. So oh. you could end up losing and have horse, but you just need to get one letter on them. Um, 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 shoot. I mean, with that, with that throw, shoot, I, let, let's, let's go, let's go big. Let's go. Uh, let's go Giannis. Wow. Yeah, wow. Now, Giannis not? can shoot. Giannis can move. He can do all those things. See, yeah. for me, and I, I'm going to cop out because I used this answer last week, right? When I asked you who would uh, you rather have save you? And this is where this podcast has, has gone. But <laughs> I would go with Shaq and I would just make him shoot a free throw. Mm, right? Geez, like, like, like that's not bad if, if you just line him up and you make him shoot a free throw over and over again. Yeah, you know, you know, you know the expression: the, the things that you often overlook are the things that are right in front of your face. So, yeah. like, there, there you go, there you go. So, <laughs> so we're for gonna, one glorious minute, you would be, you would, you would have been Jack. And we're, we're gonna have to get a pure hoops podcast, um, virtual gamma horse going with all the hosts from all five shows. And I have a feeling that either Monica or Kim Adams would win this because they were actual players. You know, BJ Armstrong would have a good opportunity, but you know, I, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, women traditionally are better in games like that because their fundamentals are better. And so yeah. I would go with either Kim or Monica. Well, well, here's the thing. Is that too I, much to say? Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I and can't. is this us issuing a challenge to them? Because I'm not going to win. I'll issue it, but we won't win. Okay. Well, this is you issuing a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, let it be, let it be noted where AB made the challenge. <laughs> And no dunks are allowed. Nobody can dunk, BJ. Oh, see, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Otto, you're tall too. So like you can't dunk either because I'm 5'5 five five and that's not happening. Well, I may well, have a running left hook. That's okay. That's all I got. Well, I'm, I may be, you know, six foot six, but I'm also 50 closing in on a hard 51. So my dunking days are probably over. <laughs> so you put a little hey, one of those you put one of those trampolines that the guys at, at halftime use i might be able to i might be able to that's, get down that's true and you have all the experience from all those celebrity games you get invited to anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 just here you know issuing challenges that's what i gotta yeah. do yeah well okay so well on, on that note we're gonna we're gonna table all that uh so i want to thank everybody for uh tuning into this edition of catch and shoot 2.0 uh certainly want to thank our our uh, guest today hannah william uh the lead wnba editor at the athletic also want to thank our producers scott turkin bruce bernstein and of course our editor ben wolfen we would love you to check out our other programming we mentioned it right here as we issued this uh horse challenge but mike weiss's show on monday with roger mason jr was a fun listen the full court press with fanta and adams drops on tuesday today they had brad underwood the illinois head coach that is a good listen we recommend you go check those out bucket sports and blocks with monica mcnutt drops each 
Thursday, they had a roundtable discussion with everybody on the Pure Hoops podcast last week. And of course, our flagship show, the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman is every Friday. Everybody, we appreciate you coming back every single week to listen. We appreciate you guys interacting with us. It makes it fun. If you enjoyed the show, rate, subscribe, share it with all your friends. We'd greatly appreciate it. And as a last reminder, folks, uh, please, please, please remember, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and want to thank again all of our first responders, everyone from, and vital services, everyone from police officers and firefighters and EMTs and doctors and uh, folks who are delivering groceries and working at the checkout. And that includes my daughter, Samantha, who is living on Long Island, working at a local supermarket. Love you, Samantha. Keep doing the, keep doing the work that you're doing. And uh, just be smart and take care of one another and yourselves, and we will get through this. Thank you, everybody. I second everything that Otto said. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you all next week. Captain Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.